Make betting on the football season super easy. Betfred's new app makes it super simple to place your bet and even offers protection. Take advantage of the player prop protection, bad beat bonuses, rewards program, and more. Betfred pays back for your business. The newly improved app comes with more markets, more bonuses, and more action. When you bet with Betfred, you are with a big fish in a small pond, and you will feel it. This is the Doc Talk Podcast presented by Betfred Sports, 2023, episode 17. Hello, Dr. Rob Zadiska back from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where you said it was hot in Sioux Falls. It was hotter there than it was here. I don't know what happened. Some weird weather vortex. I don't know. Now, you were up it, there for the Augustana season opener it was they they had the the university of mary marauders from bismarck north dakota which was actually kind of funny because they've had a fair amount of heat up there yeah. in sioux falls yeah. in, in that area i mean there's zero humidity i mean it's it's, it's like you're in the mountains uh rolling hills how's that well i meant the humidity because there's northern, no humidity well in like yeah Denver it's, it's and, the northern plain so yeah. there's no humidity but it was, I mean, I, I think by the fourth quarter, it was 101 degrees. Now, what was interesting, we're looking at the University of Mary guys. They had guys, probably one to two guys cramping out and having to leave the game per quarter. At least a couple guys per quarter had to leave the game. Um, I was talking to a couple of the Augustana coaches who had spoken with a couple of the University of Mary coaches the night before. University of Mary, they, they sit up there in Bismarck. They've already had, they had a couple week runs of where it's been in like the mid fifties. Oh my God. So they come down. So they've been practicing in weather that's basically been no humidity in like mid fifties to mid seventies. That means it's going to snow up there like next month. Pretty much. I think it does. Uh, I think that's a usual thing in Bismarck. Are you ready for this? How many of the 50 states have you been to? Quite a oh few. Boy. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's kind of, I've never been to Alaska. I've never been to Hawaii. I've never been to North Dakota. Huh. I've been to Montana. Like I, I've been, been to, to South Fargo? Dakota. I haven't been to Fargo. For some reason, you know, every time I go to South Dakota, I go to Sioux Falls and take a left on 90. I've been yeah. to Mitchell. I've been to the Corn Palace. I've been to Rapid City. Yeah. I've And I've been to Wyoming, then up to Montana. I've never, I bypassed North Dakota. I don't know why that is. Yeah. I mean, I've, uh, maybe Vermont. I don't think I've been to Vermont. I haven't been to Maine. Yeah, the the the, the Northeast is something I I, I need to, to visit. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've been I've been to Massachusetts, Connecticut, New Hampshire. But Delaware, I just think for how New close Jersey, North obviously. Dakota is for me, having never been to North Dakota is yeah, it's it's kind of right there. Yeah, been to Minnesota. I mean, I just instead, I've just never been to Fargo. Yeah, I or, or Grand Forks. I'm trying to remember if I've been to. I don't think I've been to Mississippi. Really? No, I've been yeah, to Mississippi I mean, I, several times. I know people there through you. I've just never been. It's a beautiful yeah. state. Oh, now, yeah. I, and I would say the western half of the state is more beautiful than the eastern half of the state because it's just got more trees and stuff. But if you went to Oxford, Mississippi, where my daughter lives, Oxford is one of the most beautiful towns in the world. I was talking to a guy this weekend. He's actually, I was telling him where my daughter works, and he's like, I'm actually going to Oxford to watch a game. I go, well, is your son going to go to school there? No, we're just going to Oxford to tailgate 
because the Grove, awesome. the Grove yeah. is known it's for tailgating. For yeah. that. my good buddy John Walters is the play-by-play voice of the Iowa State Cyclones, and he he posted a a, a picture yesterday as Iowa State was playing Northern Iowa, and he's like, "We've never lost a tailgate," and they have really nice tailgating in Ames. I mean, it's packed. The the lots are great. The the setup there around the stadium, beautiful. Is, it's perfect. It is for perfect tailgating. But I wanted to say, John, you've never been to the Grove in in, in Oxford. They just do it different down there, and it's it's like this. Southern Southern schools yeah. do it differently. They do. I mean, as, as far as being football fans go, I love the fact that Nebraska can suck and people are still showing up <laughs> 20 years later. True. But it's in terms of how people do things in the South, it's a little different when it comes to tailgating. It, it is an art. Well, and Nebraska's just not set up well for tailgating it's anyway. It's set up horribly for yeah. tailgating. I mean, and I don't know how you could ever fix it. Could you fix it? I mean, you would basically have to tear down half of downtown Lincoln to do it. And, yeah. and when we t- when I say that, I mean, it's that was tailgating. I mean, when I was a kid, when I was in high school, when I was in college, when you thought of tailgating for Nebraska football games, it was you, you'd go find a bar and grill downtown and hope to God you got in. Because everybody would pack into all the bar and grills downtown. That was tailgating for Nebraska games. It's gotten a little bit better now, but I mean, it, when you're sitting here and you're going, it's gotten better, but it's nothing like Ames, Iowa. <laughs> that's not a that that's not a very affirmative. And, uh, and, and it's not a knock on Nebraska because I do think. Husker fans make the best of the situation. They find a way to tailgate. And, and, we're, and if you wanted to let us know where the best tailgate in Lincoln is, uh, DocDocSports at gmail.com will take that. Where I find, where I really realized tailgating was a big deal, I remember, remember it might have been Frank's last year or the year before they played Penn State out of Penn State. It was their first time out at the Happy Valley. Yeah. We got there on like a Wednesday. I was working for Channel 3 at the time. We got there uh, on a Wednesday, and like RVs were coming in already. And I'm like, oh my god, I've never seen anything like this. And it was just like, it was just some completely different. Just do it different. Yeah. And there's some Big Ten schools that do amazing tailgating. But you, you got to have the room. You have to have the layout in the yeah, room to do it. Yeah, you got to have the room for people to come in and actually do it. Now I saw you tailgating up at uh, at Augie yesterday. Do they have a nice? I mean, it's it's Division Two football, it's, but it is. It's a they got a small lot west side of the stadium. It is, I'm trying to, it's a very, it's not big in any way, shape, or form. It's very nice, and it is highly dedicated. I mean, you got people coming up there. uh, One of the guys on the team, uh, Peyton Kellogg, uh, sorry, Preston Kellogg, he's a Papio La Vista kid. Uh, His dad, Chris, sets up at like 8 a.m., Oh wow! For a one p.m. game, like like the like he's got the black stone up and going at eight a.m. in the morning. I mean, it's pretty impressive. So, okay, let's have a little debate. We and yes, trust but, me, I mean, we're, we're going to get to football. The, half, you, half, you, half the lots like that. But you up brought there. up something that that's been getting under my skin a little bit. The black stone. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, and we're going to get to football. Trust me. We 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 understand that Nebraska played Minnesota. They're going to take yeah, on Colorado. Yeah, I want to griddle grill now. Uh, and that's what I was going to. So, I, I I know a few people I, I who went, have them, and it's freaking money. Okay, I have the gas grill. Yeah, I went and got the Traeger. And Owen, oh, you can, love your Traeger. Owen, you, you, you'll you'll attest to this. The Traeger's a real deal, isn't it? You like the Traeger? Yeah, Traeger's got good stuff on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so we like the Traeger. 
I see this Blackstone thing, and I'm like, do I need the Blackstone? And I don't know. It, to me, it's just a big. It's like it's I'm working grid. at a restaurant. Yeah, it's a big griddle. Yeah. Um, it's the thing that's kind of nice about it is that, man, you can do almost anything on it. I mean, you can do stir fry. You can you can essentially grill on it. I mean, if you think about most restaurants, no, that's frying a steak. That is frying a steak. No, and I'll give you that. I don't know many people who do steak on their Blackstone. But if you, you can go out there and do like a shrimp or chicken fried rice at a tailgate if you've got True. one of these things. Okay. But you can just get the, the griddle, uh, atta- like a griddle, and put it grill. on your grill. Yeah, You can. About the only downside to that, though, is if you want to flip back and forth between the two. But, yeah, you do got the versatility with that. The thing with the Blackstone is that they've made it. It's it's packable. They've got the small tailgate ones. Chris brings uh, up to Augie. Chris brings, like, the full-size one up. And you can actually he, – he tells people, hey, if you've, got, if you've got something you want me to grill, season it up, pack it up, and I'll grill it up for you. Wow. Yeah, I just want to – But it's, to it's, me- a ni- it's a nice set. It's a very – it's not big – but it's a really nice setup, and the people who tailgate, they get after it. It's one of those places where you go where if you walk through the parking lot and you don't sample everybody's food, they're offended that they didn't try, that you didn't try their food. So you, which is awesome, because you walk out of there just bursting. See, I but I'm still stuck at the Blackstone thing because I look at my backyard. I'm like, okay, I've got the Traeger in the right place. I've got my grill in the right place. I just don't have room for for a Blackstone. I'm like, you know what? I'll just come if to your you're house. Really dedicated, yeah. You will make room. Wow. For it. You, so what you're saying is I'm not a dedicated person. That's what I hear I'm you just saying. saying there, no, you, you've got to commit, Travis. <laughs> got to commit. It's now everybody I've talked with. I got some a couple of people I work with who've gotten the Blackstones. I'm yet to meet anybody who has it and doesn't like it. You're gonna make me go spend money, aren't you? You're gonna make me spend money. Yeah, I kind of. I'm kind of liking the Blackstone myself. So we are drinking beer today, and Rob picked out the beer, and this is still from okay, still from Jason still Werner. From, yeah, Jason, uh, who who uh, was watching uh, behind the point spread the other night. We'll talk about behind the point spread a, bit, a little bit later on. Mine is from uh, Illusion Brewing Company, and you pick, you knew you know me well. You picked out uh, the Redberry Sour Ale, the fourth wall. fourth wall. It's got uh, got Deadpool on it. I like, love it. Breaking it, the fourth wall. I, I'm a big, big fan of the sours. You know that. I, th- I this is six percent alcohol. Absolutely love it. I grabbed myself a couple other ones for later. This is from Ellicottville uh, Brewing Company. I don't even know where that's at. I think that's another Pennsylvania. Oh, is it? That's the Strawberry Crunch Bar. Nice. That's a six percent. And then to finish up strong later on, the Sour Monkey uh, Sour Triple, uh, 9.5%. There you go. I went with the... So I'm going to be with, drunk by the end of this thing. I went with the... Uh, it's Trogs. Is it Trogs or Trogs Brewing? T-R-O-E-D-S. I have no idea. It, it's a Hershey, Pennsylvania beer. Is it so chocolate? We've ha- and we've had their beer before. Okay. Um so Jason Jason always throws a few. Every time he does the care package from PA, he always throw, throws a few of the Hershey companies in there. So this is Nimble Giant. Which it, it's one of their once-a-year series. So a lot of uh, – all these craft breweries do like their special yeah. runs. It, it's one of their special once-a-year runs. Um, it, 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 it's, bas- it's a double IPA. 
And it's this one packs a punch. It's a big beer. It's freaking delicious. I love IPAs. I love double IPAs. So. But you're a sour guy too, right? I do. I just, I knew you liked it. So I yeah. grabbed you that no. one thinking, okay, well, this would be travel. Like oh, and this. grab, what do you drink back there, Owen? Uh, looks like a Lost 40 Brewing Rockhound IPA. Wait, where's Lost 40 out of? Uh, looks like Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, oh, so that was from our buddy who who's working up at Prairie Meadows in um in Des Moines, he lives in he lives in Arkansas, and he brought up a bunch of Arkansas beer. We're nice. finally getting to the Arkansas beer, and you'll see Owen back there. He finally got his Bet Fred shirt, so they nice. took care of him. He got he got a care package <laughs> from Bet Fred. You're now an official member of the team when you have the Bet, Bet Fred polo. Bet Fred's taking care of us. See, yeah, you should feel special, Owen. Yeah. <laughs> See how convincing he was in that? Um, you know, there was a lot of tailgating in Minneapolis. A lot of Husker fans went up to Minneapolis. I knew a ton of people. Who um, and, and for the most part, the reports were it was a good atmosphere. It yes. looked like a good atmosphere. Yes. I, I, I'm yet to hear anybody talk bad about the Minnesota fans. But, Rob, the, re- the result was the same. I mean, you get to the fourth quarter. Uh, Nebraska turns the ball over. Th- things that you thought could be corrected would be corrected were corrected. Yeah, I don't know, but that stuff, I don't know if I thought that was the stuff that's going to get corrected freaking week one or even year one. Really? Because yeah. I, I thought it was, again, I thought it was more of a culture problem. I did. I thought, I thought you know what? Once you get some, some the culture corrected and some expectations out there, everything else would fall in line, and I'm, I'm wrong again. Yeah, I get it. I just I don't think you fix these problems overnight, though. In game one of year one, okay, but you have a new quarterback. Overnight. You have a new quarterback, and he's creating. He's doing the same problems as Adrian Martinez did. Tommy Armstrong did. Yeah, I, I worried more about Adrian fumbling than I did throwing picks. To be fair, but uh, kind of my so, so just my like right off the bat gut feel. Number one, this was a game that I. I think you and everybody else had picked as a loss. True. So I, I I think the reason it pissed everybody off and everybody was so damn upset. Because they had it won. Is we're sitting there and they're going, holy shit, we're going to win this. And they should have. Um there's some there's some stuff that did bug me a lot about this game, and we'll get into that. Couple of things I was impressed. Okay, number one, things I was very impressed with, which I'm gonna, I'm just gonna hit this right off the bat. We totally forgot to do greats after the game. Yes, we did. So normally we would have put this out there like within hours. Yes. Uh, special teams, spot on. I thought special teams was an A. I thought they did very well. Um, I'm convinced Tristan Alvano will end up becoming Nebraska's all-time leading scorer. Wow! By the time he's done, if he if he plays four years and doesn't get picked up as a NFL draft pick, he's a guy that I think is going to become Nebraska's all-time leading scorer. And, and that's a kicking thing. You're going out there for every extra point. You're going out there for field goals. Kickers rack up a lot of points. He's in position to do that. He's the kind of guy that I think could do it. Um, Mentally, mentally strong kid, and that's what you want out of a kicker. Great athlete. He was an All-State soccer player at Omaha Westside. 
So, I mean, in terms of overall athletic ability, the athletic ability is there to succeed at that position. The mentality is there to succeed at that position. He's a kid that I think can do great stuff. But the special teams on the whole were outstanding. Uh, the, the kickoffs were money, and again, that's Alvano. Uh, the kick coverage was outstanding. They did a very good job with kick coverage during the game. I was impressed with that. So there's some things that I I, I have seen that have changed, and I think we're going to be a strong suit for this team going forward. And special teams is one, and that's something that has been bad for Nebraska in the past. And I didn't see any major special teams miscues in this game. I, I mean, you go back to last year against Northwestern in Ireland, it was an absolute cluster, especially with the weirdly called on sidekick that didn't get executed. That just seemed to spiral that game into in into the dirt. So it's that's a positive. If you're going to take a positive, there's a big one. Um, once they got late second quarter and especially into the third. They moved the ball relatively well. I thought Nebraska did a good job. I thought they averaged, I think it was 4.9 yards per carry on the ground. That's solid. That's a really good ground game. Yeah, 4.9 was was it. Yeah, if Nebraska averages 4.9 yards per carry for the season, they're going to win some games. They went for 181 on the ground. That's not bad. That's a net, but that's not bad. No, but that's that's the thing. There's some positives here. Um the defensive effort against the run, I was actually really impressed. Held them to 55 yards. Yeah. I, I, against a team in Minnesota, that that's an identity thing for them. When you look at those Minnesota teams, you see P.J. Fleck. He looks like one of these guys that wants to run a spread offense with a heavy emphasis on the pass. But then you see what he actually does week in and week out. And it's a good, hard, strong run game. It's these huge offensive lines. It's these power running backs. You look at Tyler, who is, uh, I'm blank. Was he a Western Michigan transfer? Yes. Okay. Yes. So Western Michigan guy, he had a really solid game at running back. So um, when you look at, having trouble getting that beer Yeah, open? anybody got a bottle opener? Can you do it with your? You got one right there. It doesn't work. the The, the little lip is busted. I texted Owen to say, "Hey, do you have a bottle opener?" But apparently, he doesn't have his phone back there. You texted. You, okay, <laughs> he's he's like nine feet away from the, us. Well, I wasn't going to get up and and, and leave the the camera shot, but you've got like the Swiss Army knife, leather man. Keep that out because I'm going to need it one more time. It's not a very good kit bottle opener. Well, it's if the, you would have got the Swiss Army knife, it okay. would have got it one in one. It's sleep. the Leatherman micro, and it might have been operator error. Truth be told, yeah. um, no. But anyway, I, I thought Nebraska defensively did very well against the run. Now, and that was the thing that not not a fan of the. No, it's just different. It's just different. Strawberry crunch bar cream. No, it's it's just different. It's not bad. It's just different. Kivasip. Yeah. Think of you know those ice cream. Nestle, yeah, the cream sickles. Well, no, the strawberry like crunch one. That's kind of what it tastes like. I mean, they, they got the taste down right. Just going from an extreme sour to that. Damn, that's a dessert in a bottle. It is right a dessert there. in a bottle. That's, that's, per, that's it's just different. T- I've never had a beer like yeah, that. Yeah, that's pretty tasty. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, 
the uh, no, but the defense played great. The thing that was surprising to me is when you look at some of these defenses where you see a three-three-five defense, which again it's basically a three-down, it, it's a three-down nickel defense is what it is. I. You'd think they do pretty well against the pass. Little disappointed in the pass defense. Now, now, um, well, we'll get to it. They're going to have their work cut out for them next week. No, they are. I, I thought Omar Brown. You know, he was a guy that I think you had kind of pointed out to me. Well, that, he had the pick, and they had what uh, let him in tackles too. Yeah. So th- there's some bright spots there. Uh, do you want a defensive back leading the team in tackles? No, you don't. That's an issue. So that that's a problem there. So great game by Omar. But, again, you don't want a defensive – Two okay, two rules of thumb here. You don't want your leading rusher to be the quarterback, and you don't want your leading tackler to be a defensive back. If that's the case and that's a consistent case – You've got some things you got to clean up then. One hundred percent. So it's so defense. I mean that that's the thing. I was a little worried about the defense there. The passing game for Nebraska. Who boy, brutal. Um, brutal. It God. It is all or nothing. It's it's great passes, great catches, or it's interceptions. There's no in between. That's that's scary. I'm I'm going back to, it's like I love Jamal Lord. Like I'll go back to P. I, I agree with P. D. Mack. Might have been the best option quarterback in Nebraska football history. <laughs> but, by the uh, way, he he but, looks like Jamal Lord. He kind of does. Every time it's that same physique, that big, tall, athletic physique. Um, the thing there with that is if you go back to the Jamal Lord era at Nebraska, God bless him, every time Jamal dropped back to pass in a pocket passing situation, God, like like the, the entire stadium would just collectively hold its breath. Like you were just like, oh shit, what's going to happen? Okay, it wasn't an interception. We're fine. I mean, there was this hierarchy of like you were almost like if it was a completion you were happy if it was an incompletion you were pleasantly relieved yeah and then it, then then the other then it was a pick <laughs> and Jamal distributed them amongst those three equally so it was that that's one of those problems where you look at Sims you're just like man at this point after that game every time he drops back to pass there's going to be a collective holding a breath by all of Husker Nation. Um, and that's not a problem you fix overnight. That's the thing that worries me is that he's a guy that he knows who he wants to throw to. He's going to hone in on that receiver, and he's going to telegraph at like all get out. We talked about this during the doc's diagnosis. That's one of these issues where when you actually sit and watch him, He's not re- he's not reading through a progression one two three and then making a throw. And this he's was a hitting, knock on him. Hitting, at, this was a knock on him at Georgia Tech, yeah, right? And exactly. so, how can that be fixed, or is that just a confidence level where you have to feel? And what I mean by confidence level is like 
you don't feel comfortable checking off because you need to just visualize it and get rid of the football. Because you go back and look, he telegraphed almost all night long. Um, no, every single throw. Yeah. It's that, boy, that's a good question. I don't even know if it's a confidence thing. Really? Well, I don't know. I'm not a quarterback. I'm an old lineman. I just block. <laughs> I, it, I, either way, it's a problem, and it's something they're going to have to figure out something for. The, the other thing is, is as good as a runner as he is, you don't want him leading the team and rushing week in and week out. That's a lot of pounding he's going to take, and it's, you really want to see that dish, like the bulk of that dished off to the running backs. Boy, he looks good running the football, though. He really does. He really, really does. Now, that's the other thing is I, I guess my hope for Nebraska's passing game is, is that one of the most damaging things to a defense is the knowledge that your quarterback can take off. And I mean, you can have a third and 12. And for Jeff Sims, that's a perfectly makeable quarterback scramble. I mean... He's got power. He's got some speed. He's got some shiftiness. There was a couple of plays where he, I mean, he's putting moves on guys where I was like, he totally should have been tackled right there. And he completely juked the dude. And and for a 6'4", 200 and what, 20, 25 pound quarterback that he's putting, he's causing guys to break ankles and trip up and fall down. That's pretty impressive. I, yeah. I I like watching him run. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm kind of a Jeff Sims fan in that regard that I think he's a guy that can do a lot of damage to defenses, and he's a guy that's going to make a lot of defensive coordinators nervous because you, you can have everybody covered, and he takes off running. He can do a lot of damage. So, I mean, I look at that. That's a good thing. I just – I'd like to have that – skill set of his in the back pocket and not be the get out of jail card you use on every single freaking down because that's what it looks like right now yes after that game it does i'll that i mean and the other thing is too is when we go down nebraska schedule i actually thought minnesota's defense was one of the top five defenses nebraska is going to face this year so that's but it, now that you've seen him, is Minnesota that impressive to you? Because they weren't to me. I actually thought they looked really good on did, defense. On defense, but offensively, they just you get when you lose a guy like Ibrahim, you lose a lot. Okay, that guy, that guy's a game. He is the right. all-time leading rusher in Minnesota football history. That's pretty freaking good. Let me ask you about because they've had some good ground games in the past. Let me ask you about the what happened towards the end of the first half, right at the end of the first half. It was a weird thing. You know, they came up short. Then you had the, the, the false start. Then you had to review to see if it was a touchdown. My question is... Did Nebraska kind of get screwed a little? Well, I, I don't think they did. And people are going to be really upset about this. Damn. I, now, hear me out. I thought it, they totally got screwed. No, and, and I, I agree with Joel Klatt on Fox that night, who said, if that was a touchdown, they would have kept it a touchdown. If it was... Not a touchdown. They okay. Now I agree. It was it, it was hard to. There was not irrefutable yes. video evidence, and I totally agree with Clad in that regard. 
that yeah, if they had called a touchdown, they weren't going to reverse it. Yeah. If it wasn't, a t- if they didn't call it a touchdown, they weren't going to reverse that either. Um, my problem is, is when I looked, I actually thought it truly was a touchdown, and I thought they had good video evidence to overturn it. I thought there was a slight angle, and th- this is. It's just one of those things where you're yeah, like, it's it, it's not perfect. It's I mean, not we're perfect. Watching it, and my wife made the point. She was like, "Can they chip the ball?" Well, she brings up a good point. And as you're watching the U.S. Open tennis tournament, if you happen exactly. to watch you, like tennis has done this shit from a computer. Tennis has the best replay system out there. It's not even close to who has the best replay system out there. Tennis, what, I mean, in terms of speed of the ball, yes. The only thing faster is maybe a hockey puck or a baseball. But their whole thing, I believe, is camera-based, not chip-based. But there's there's a camera at at Arthur Ashe, at at Wimbledon. And as soon as you say, hey, replay, it's up there immediately. And there's no – it's only like five seconds long. It's like, okay, that's it. Yeah. And and the other thing I would point out, too, is look look at Major League Baseball. Same thing as far as strike zone goes. Yeah. Like – they're holding off on having AI call balls and strikes in baseball out of a sense of tradition, and I don't disagree with it. It, it should the call should be the ump's call because it's the nature of the game in baseball. But they've got the capability to do it in baseball too, as far as they do, as far as strikes and balls. Um, same thing here. The tech exists, and I think football's maybe a place where that ought to come into play. I I just don't know how much more cameras it would be. And tennis is different. Your your surface area is smaller. I I understand that, but well, you would think you there would be you something. Twenty two bodies you're working around no. in tennis yeah. either. You've got two. Yeah, and a net. Okay, but uh, so so you say they got screwed. I I say they didn't. Well. I, I say they got screwed, but I'm also one of those people. Oh, I'm blanking on who said it. Might have been our buddy Mitch Sherman made the point that Nebraska is not going to be is not going to be quote unquote back or is not going to be good until stuff like that no longer matters. You've got to be good enough that you can have a you, you can get shafted a couple times in a game and still win. And that was kind of one of the things we had a pretty deep discussion about after the 93 season when I think everybody and their dog was like, yeah, you guys got screwed by the refs in that bowl game against Florida State. Well, after that game and in that that following off season, kind of the mindset of the team wasn't, hey, we got screwed. The mindset of the team was, is, man, we got to get good enough that we can overcome the occasional bad call because guess what? Bad calls are always going to happen. They are. It, it, it's, it's like part the part of the. It's part of all of sports. It, if I saw another tweet, Facebook post, anything about the Minnesota touchdown pass where the where the guy clearly false oh, guarded, he was so. And but, he was doing that the whole. But game. I believe Nebraska waived the pass interference earlier in the game. There, there's a. It works both ways. Usually, yeah. if you were to go through and watch, oh, it yeah. usually goes that both was, ways. T- totally was pass interference yes. on Nebraska. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't deny that. It, it's it does go both ways. I truly think most officials, most games, are really trying to do a damn good listen, job. Listen, if you don't, they're graded. 
They yeah. are graded. They want to keep are, their job. They are trying to do the right thing, and they're trying to do as do as good a job as they can. If you've ever been out there, if you've played the sport, the speed at which that happens, like, um, oh, there was the one face mask. It was early on in the game. Early on in the game, okay. Um, I'm remembering that correct. I thought there was a face mask. I, I, yeah, the one that I thought you were thinking about was later on in the game. Yeah, it might have been. There was a blatant face mask. It was on Tyler, the yeah. Minnesota's running back. Okay. Well, not the penalty beat. He was the he one. He was what? No, nah, that was he actually was later. One. I think that was in the fourth quarter. Rob. Okay, so he was the one who got face masked. It kept a drive alive. And when you watch that in slow motion, the thought that goes through your head is, oh my God, what is the defender thinking grabbing his face mask like that and holding on to it for so long? I've been in those situations. It's, I got to be honest with you, it's by the time you realize you grab the guy's face mask, You've actually already let go, and the flag's thrown. I mean, it's it, that's that's just happening so amazingly fast. The, the the fact that the referees are able to make the calls they are is is pretty is and always has been fairly impressive to me. So I have a hard time faulting the referees on a lot of this stuff. The bottom line is, and like I said, if it was Mitch who pointed this out. If you want to win football games, you've got to be good enough to overcome some bad officiating calls because bad officiating calls are going to happen at every level. You just got to be able to overcome that. And you can't bitch about them on social media. Okay. Well, you can. You but can, but it just it, it makes you look stupid. But <laughs> you want to know the, the the only call I will bitch about is the disconcerting signals one again that Luke Reimer got hit with. I, I hate that. I hate, And I totally understand the fact that it's it's a real thing, and the officials are like, hey, we're not trying to see, single you out. It's just if you're a defender and you clap, you're going to get hit with that because that's, that is what offenses are using. That's what quarterbacks are using and, and, as a snap count these days. And I guess when I looked at the replay of that, Reimers, he wasn't even looking at the quarterback that way. He, he oh, was, it was totally unintentional. It, it was totally he, like, hey, you guys can't hear me. Listen to me right here. Every time Nebraska's been called for that, it has truly been completely innocent on their part. They were just trying to get the other dude's attention. Yeah. I want to go back to the interception right before halftime. The one in the end zone? The one in the end zone. So the play comes up short, an inch, a centimeter. They don't call a timeout there. They had one left. Tell me why you don't call a timeout. There. I thought that was. A- I don't know. Bad call by. So there was there was a couple of times where I'm sitting there watching the game, and it is kind of this. Okay, that that's a little bit of some sketch coaching there from a situational awareness standpoint. Call the timeout. Yeah. Figure out exactly what you well, want to do. Just last week, we were talking about how Matt Rule talked about his players understood situational football at that point. And there wasn't anybody watching television and then you see going, coaching, call timeout. Yeah, then you're sitting there going from a coaching standpoint, where's the situational yeah. awareness? Should have been a timeout yeah. in my book. 
Okay, I just wanted to make sure we're on the same I page. Mean, I can. It, there's some of these situations where I almost kind of wonder the coaches are like, let's not get because if you call a timeout, it's good for you. But guess what else? It you're you're given the defense. That's a little fine, but you jumped time. off. You, you you jumped off sides, or you had a false start, yeah. and then it. Which that's a little hindsight because in my book that's one of those the old line shouldn't be jumping anyway. Well, but we're talking about Nebraska. Well, that's true. So I, I get it. I I I thought the correct call probably the correct call should have been to call timeout. Yes. The the hedging the bets the the benefit of the doubt there is that hey, if you get up and try and run another play right away. It's a major stressor on a defense to do that. And I understand that as well, that you're forcing that defense to adjust to what you're doing. You're forcing that defense. The the defense's entire, everything they're doing is reactive. And that's, that's a good thing for an offense. It's just you can't make those peripheral mistakes like jumping off sides then. So before we transfer to the Colorado game. Well, hold on. Okay. The Go other, ahead. Well, no. The I was floor just is yours. Say, the, other, the other point where I said there was kind of a situational awareness thing, you get into the fourth quarter and Nebraska's got a first down and they take that shot down the field. It's an incomplete pass. But that's one of those things where you're ahead by a score – you're in the fourth quarter. You're trying to run clock. Do you really need to keep the defense honest by by tossing the ball forty yards downfield? Because now it's second and ten. Not when I, what you've already thrown two interceptions on the night. Yeah, and that's one of those man. Just freaking run the that. That's a Tim Beck play call. Hey, it's he, like, it's like, by the hey, way, he, gotta, he had UCLA on the ropes over the weekend for Coastal Carolina. I get it. I get it. I'm just saying the the situational awareness kind of stuff with some of these calls that you're sitting there going, okay, we're trying to burn clock. We're up by a score. We kind of got Minnesota on the ropes. Run the ball on first down. Have, have a run. Have a have a zone read where the quarterback's got. He's he's got or maybe even do an RPO. I mean, just something that gives you because you're getting options. five yards of pop at that point. Exactly. Going back to what you said, you're getting five yards you're, of pop. Yeah, you're at worst case scenario, you're probably going to come up with a second and five. Well, guess what? Second and five looks pretty damn good when it's fourth quarter and you're trying to burn the clock. Because guess what? You run it again. Statistically, you're getting a first down. Worst case, you're going to end up in in third and short. It's going to be third and two, third and three, and you've got an. It, there's two. There's the two largest sections of a playbook. Are first and ten, and third and short. Those are the two sections of a playbook that have the most options listed out. So if you get in third and short, third and one, third and two, third and three. And if it's second and five, you only need two yards to get the third and three. So it's you've got a ton of options to play with at that point. Get to third and short, and man, all of a sudden the defense is sitting there going like, God, we have no clue what's coming. 
this might be a bootleg, it might be a counter, it might be a spread option, RPO. It's just there are so many different things an offense can do in third and short. Can do a, okay, you've got a 6'4", 220-pound quarterback. Quarterback sneak is an option on third and two. Absolutely. Well, he'd get it. Yes. He just has to f- fall forward. He's going to get the first down. So that's 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 an awareness thing in that situation. I understand the hey Minnesota's defenses. You know we've been we've been getting five yards a pop at this point. Let's put the ball downfield and put a nail in the coffin. I think the better nail in the coffin is burn time get another first down, get another first down after that, which my my son's up in Augustana. He played with Tristan Alvano in high school. My son's sitting there like text screaming at me. They're within Tristan's range. Just get the field goal, which I mean, the kid's money from probably damn near anywhere inside 60 um, like like a like i like i'm where i'm listening to the, the announcers and they're talking about like well yeah his realistic range is 45 yards and i'm sitting there going like dude his realistic range is 57 yards um you know anthony grant is taking a hard time over the over the fumble because a he was known to be fumble prone going into the game and people are like why is he in there in that situation i've looked at it a hundred times rob it they just got punched out. I mean, it was a great play by Minnesota. I mean, could you have it done really anything was. different? I mean, it really was just, if you watch and it, you're like, that's the big question is would any other running back have held on? To the I don't ball? think so. It was a perfect punch by that dude. I, I, you know, I'm not sure I fault Anthony Grant on that one. It's would Gabe have held on to the ball? Would Ramir have held on to the ball? I don't know. It happens, so it's it's hard to go back and second guess. Yeah, that, I mean, a fumble when, it, when a ball just kind of falls out of your yeah, arms, you're like, okay, that. that, that yeah, but, the question the question is is that you've got a guy that has a history of having fumble problems, yeah. so it, it's hard to overcome that mentality in that situation. So I, I do understand the criticism that when it's crunch time, it's fourth quarter, you're trying to burn clock. You're trying to get downfield. You're trying to get one more score to put this game away because a field goal wins it. Yeah. If Nebraska kicks a field goal at that point in the game. They win the game. Yeah. So I. I mean, to me, the interceptions were I worse than the fumble because hey, one interception takes away a touchdown. The next interception happens with what? A minute to go in the game that you're almost in field goal range for. Yeah. I, so, I mean, the interceptions were far worse than the fumble. I will I will definitely give you that. Yeah. I, I think the the bigger criticism has been why did you have him in the game as opposed to Gabe? Maybe you just felt comfortable with him. I mean that's it's possible and it might be one of those things that I mean from from a coaching staff standpoint they're sitting here looking at this as it's game 1. We got to figure out what some of these guys can do. And I, I, I'm not sure I have a problem with that argument if that's what actually was happening, that the coaching staff is looking at these guys going, we got to know what Borkirker can do versus Fedoni. We got to know what Gabe Irvin can do versus Anthony Grant. Uh, I mean, Irvin was averaging eight yards a carry. 
Yeah, I was pretty. I I was kind of hoping he would have been the guy in there at the time. But we pointed out, we talk about this in the doc's diagnosis. That would have been a seven yard gain if he had not fumbled. Yeah. So I I mean, there you go. It's it's. It, when, when when mistakes happen, it's easy. It's easy. Sometimes it's blatant. It's easy, it's easy to put on blinders and yes. look at it as an isolated event, and I'm not sure that's the best and way to evaluate yeah, these things. Yeah, 100%. Hey, Betfred is the bonus king. Download the Betfred app today for a limited time. Your 10th pro football bet is on Betfred. Terms and conditions do apply. Proud part of the uh, of uh, of the Doc Talk podcast. you got to be 21-plus when you do bet. Uh, wages are only accepted where Betfred is operating. So if you're in a state where Betfred is operating, that's where those bonuses are good. Uh, and also, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. By the way, Rob, I was 3-0 and with Betfred this weekend. So I bet, uh, yeah, I know. I feel pretty good. I, I won 75 bucks. I bet uh, three $25 bets. Rolling. Yeah, I don't know about that. I had three $25 bets. I took Tulane minus six. Uh, they rolled at home yesterday. I took uh, Penn State and the points total. Uh, against West Virginia, they they went over fifty one. Penn and, State looked good, but I just took the points total there, and then I got uh, I got Rutgers at minus six last night, and right away when the game started, that thing jumped up to like minus nineteen, and but I got Rutgers minus six against Northwestern, so I, nice. I started the week off with a seventy five dollar win, so I don't feel too bad. That's a good thing. Okay, so here's a question: uh, We did picks on the Nebraska games this year. I'm already behind. I th- did I didn't I say they were going to win today or against Minnesota or did I say they're going to lose? I thought we both had them picked to lose. I just I thought okay. you took the over. I, I took th- the I took the over at six and a half. And Owen says I'm crazy. Owen looked at me and goes, "Owen, you thought I was crazy for taking the six and a half." I couldn't remember. I was hoping to go back and look. I thought I took the under. You did take the under. Okay. I, th- I think that six and a half is a little going over on that's a little high to me. Well, it is now that they lost to Minnesota. Because well, and because what's going to happen now, and this transitions perfectly right into the the Colorado game. I think everybody, including me, thought Colorado was a win. There's like no way could a guy re- revamp an entire fucking roster and win a football game. And Deion Sanders goes to TCU and wins, Rob, and wins. And you know what? I was rooting for him yesterday. I found myself rooting for him yesterday. Strawberry beer. How much of that have you drank? Uh, I got backwash right now. Yeah, never mind. You're opening up that other one. Yeah. You got another one? You need to get you another beer? I'm transitioning to water. Going to hydrate. Going to hydrate. It was 101 during that Augie game yesterday. I'm going to be rehydrating for three days. So what I hear you saying is you want Owen to run and get you another beer. As you like drink into the (sighs) microphone. There was like the nest tea plunge out of a bottle. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a gurgle. Oh, and there's some of these bottles, uh, like in the fridge. If you want to go grab Rob one, there might be another. The, uh, so you know, the he loves Col- it when I tell him what to do. He hates that. The the Colorado thing. It, it's it's an interesting thing. So, a few things did. Um, I think a lot of people looked at what Dion did at Colorado, and they're like, "There is no effing way this is going to work." I, I don't know if I really, truly thought that. Did it seem a little sketch? Yeah. I was never really ready to say like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a complete and utter disaster by him. And there's reasons why I thought that. When you're looking at what, okay, let's look a little track, like a little track record here for Dion. 
So his first, so he had three years as a head coach at Jackson. State. Yeah. Now, and I understand you're jumping divisions. If you really want to split hairs, technically, well, there there's kind of like a Owen, you're a gentleman. There is, in fact, kind of this FCS one and FCS two. And it's sort of like uh, there's there is the there's playoff FCS, which is like FCS one, and then there's non-playoff, which is FCS two. Well, and let's FCS, use Drake example. Drake is a non-scholarship FCS program. Yeah, so Drake Drake is FCS two. So you got Drake. That's you got not the, true though. Oh, do if, they if do you, the playoffs if, if they qualify? Okay. No, so if you, the winner of the Patriot League. But that's Dayton, San Diego. Those are all okay. They get, but they get beat all the time because they don't. That's they, FCS yes. one. Yeah, but there so is no FC, FCS two. Yeah, so it'd be the HBCU schools. Yes, and the Ivy leagues. Yes, that's it. But that and but it, that's it. I mean, those schools don't participate in the playoff. I thought doesn't Ivy League school get in the FCS? No. I thought they did. Season ends. They're done. I I mean, crap. Maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, I'm like 99% sure of this. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, man, maybe I am wrong, but I'm like. They do not. They do not participate. Yeah. There you go. There is. And again, I don't know if if FCS2 is like an official designation. It's not. But you have, you have, there's FCS playoff division and then there is FCS non-playoff division. And that's where. And that, and most of the HBCU schools do not participate in the playoff. You know, I shouldn't even say most. I know, I know a number of them don't. Jackson State's one of the one of the teams that does not. Um, anyway, bottom line is, so Dion's record at Jackson State first year COVID season, they go four and three. One of those wins, I believe, was a forfeit win. So, in my mind, the whole COVID year, I'm calling that we're we're tossing that. By the way, there is a black college football national championship. So they have their own. Okay, there you go. Yeah. But even that, I thought some of the schools participate and some don't. Uh, that, that would probably be true because, like, North Carolina Central uh, beat Trey Oliver last year. So, right. And the reason I say that, so Dion's second year. Well, he, Jackson State won it. They played in 2021. They did participate in the playoff? Well, it, I'm on Wikipedia right now, and I should never – I should let our research analysts do this stuff. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So, so let's let the playoff, non-playoff thing okay. go for a bit here. Year two, he goes tw- 11-2. and two. Year three, he goes 12-1. and one. I, you know, I don't care what division it's at. If you're going 11-2 and two and 12-1 and one at any college football program – that's pretty freaking good. Yeah. It is not easy to win at the college but, football level. And the fact that he did it there, I thought spoke volumes. Now, the other, so that's point number one is that, I mean, I, I think people un, really underestimate how well he did at Jackson State. Or I think they write it off. Dude, it's Jackson State, it's an HBCU school. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's an FCS. He got power five kids to go play. Okay. He still went 11 and two and 12 and one 
in in my mind, the only two real seasons he had there, he did very well while he was there. It's not an easy thing to do. Number two, Shadur Jack Shadur Sanders, his so, son. But who, by the way, son. let me give his numbers yesterday. He uh, he was he was sick. He was. 38 of 47, 510 yards, four TDs, hit up with four different receivers who had over 100 yards Spread each. the load. He wasn't honing in on no, one guy. No, he spread the love, man. Yeah. it's So the thing with him that I think people forget about, so when he came out of high school, he was a Power 5 recruit. He had actually committed to Florida State and then switched and went to play for his dad at Jackson State. All of a sudden, everybody and their dog forgot about the fact that this kid was a Power 5 recruit with major college offers. And the fact that he went to play for his dad at Jackson State, all of a sudden people are, well, dude, he's an FCS kid. It's like, no, he's not. I mean... I don't know what his star ranking was. I don't know if he was a three-star guy. I don't know if he was who a five-star guy. People who put stars on I shit just drives me nuts. All I know is the fact that there was power five programs, good yeah. football schools. Florida State's a pretty damn good football school. Those were the schools that he turned down to go to Jackson State and play for his dad. And I totally understand he wanted to go play for his dad. Freaking awesome. But he's not an FCS kid. That's a Power 5 kid. And I think the pigeonhole him, well, he wanted to use a Jackson State transfer. No, he's not. I mean, if we're going to sit around and go like, oh, we got... We, we got former five-star kid who transferred to Nebraska from Ohio State, and we're getting excited about that. But then you're going to turn around and look at Sanders and go, here's this kid who was, had full ride offers at schools like Florida State, and you're going to say, yeah, that's an FCS kid. No, he's not. What that, is, you- that, that is a very, very highly ranked recruit when he came out of high school. And if you're surprised at what he did yesterday, then I think you're forgetting a lot. There's a lot of history you're forgetting over the last two years. Now, now here's the third thing. Sorry, okay. I'm on no, a that's roll fine. now. You are on a roll. roll. I, I when you get stop. on a roll, you can't stop. So number three, that I, so number one is don't discount what Dion did at Jackson State. Number two, don't forget about the fact that Shadur is not an FCS kid. That's a power five recruit, and he was coming out of high school. His dad just happened to be at an FCS school, and he wanted to play for his dad. That is a major college football recruit, and what he did yesterday to TCU I don't think should have surprised people. The third point that I was going to make is is that the the knock against Dion is that he came in and completely just – it, it was he obliterated. A, he blew up the roster. We're talking about 80-some new players. Completely. I watched Colorado play last year. I watched the Colorado – I thought it was TCU game last year. They played last year. I believe so. I watched at least one, probably two other games that Colorado played last year. 
that was a disaster. That Colorado roster was it, it was it was amazing. They, they did not play last year. Was it the year before? Oh, hold on. What was Colorado's schedule last year? Colorado, oh, they did. They lost at home to TCU. Okay. 38-13. Okay. Lost at home to Air Force 41-10. Lost at, uh, lost at Minnesota 49-7. And lost to UCLA 45-17. Lost to Arizona 43-20. Beat California 20-13. Then lost to Oregon State 42-9. Lost to Arizona State 42-34. Lost to Oregon 49-10. Lost to USC 55-17. Lost to Washington 54-7. Lost to Utah 63-21. That's bad. That's really bad. So I, I think I watched. So I watched the. I, I know for sure I watched the TCU game. I think it was the Minnesota game was the other one I watched. I know I watched a couple yeah. of their games last year. They're they were a disaster last year. So you can you can knock on them on for blowing up that roster this off season. They might have been that bad last year, and the fact that Dion blew up that roster and completely flipped it, I think people look at that as a negative. So, well, because- that might have been a major positive for him to do it. They truly might have been that bad. Well, people didn't like it. He was like, "You can't do that to college kids." Here's the deal: these college kids are now professionals. You need to understand that. You can you can say they're college okay, kids. A lot of them are. Some of them are not. At that level, they are. At col- if you're in a power you're five, be a power five school, I think you, that that's that is a that's an understanding. You are getting paid. If you're a kid coming out of high school and you're going to go be a D one recruit, and I'm not talking about the guys that are like, hey, I grew up in Nebraska, I want to walk on and play for Nebraska. But it, what I'm saying is you if you are a Power 5 scholarship recruit, I think part of the package deal, it needs to be an understanding that, that well, that's part of the deal. When your that, head coach shows up yeah. and says, I'm bringing my own luggage and his name is Louie, that tells you what his intentions are. Yes. He, he, he's going to go get played. understand that all of a sudden – yes. To degree at that level, you're a commodity. That was something about the NFL that I know a lot of guys did not like, that there was a ton of guys went through that pre-draft process. You'd go to the combine, you'd have the pro days, and you would then, before the draft ever happened, you'd pull out like, I'm done, I'm not doing it. And for a lot of these guys, it's just like, God, you feel like you're treated like a commodity, and that was just something... A lot of football players didn't. It just wasn't in their DNA. It's not personal. It's business. Exactly. And I think I went into it just assuming that's the way it was going to be. It was just like, all right, I'm a commodity now. I totally get that. If you're a power, if you're a D1 kid, especially a power five kid, you better be prepared to have that understanding that you are now a commodity. And what happened at Colorado, this is not the last time this is nope. going to happen. Now, here's the other thing. Well, because The now, reason now, people don't like Dion, well, you and I were talking about this before that we started. He's a disruptor. All the national media were like, you can't do that. Other coaches like, he's a disruptor. When you disrupt and differentiate yourself and make a paradigm shift with what the norm is, people go, you can't do that. He's like, 
Yeah, I can. I, I just did it. <laughs> I found myself openly rooting for him yesterday as I was watching, going, I want Deion Sanders to win. And it's it just because when, when somebody tells you you can't do something or you're not doing it the way tradition has always said, that's why I like live golf. I, I'm like, I like these guys because they're just, they're <laughs> like, I want to do something different. And, and I'm, I always like doing something different. I don't have a problem. Well, you know, where the money's coming from is a little, there's some. Yeah, but when you join forces, you're a hypocrite at that point, which they did. Yeah. Okay. They did. Now, looking at Colorado next week, they put up a lot of yards, 565 yards. They held on to the football 34 minutes. That's a long time. Now, where Nebraska has an opportunity is Colorado defensively is fucking horrible. I mean, just really, really bad. They gave up 279 yards passing. They gave up 262 yards rushing. Yeah, that's a lot. And TCU was scoring about every time they had the football. Colorado just made key stops when it needed to make key stops. But defensively, Colorado, and even special teams, Colorado is not very good, gave up a, a kickoff return for a touchdown yesterday. It's So I, my hope would be Nebraska, at least on the ground, can move the ball. It's This is going to be a game-planning thing. And, and, well, here's the other thing. It's going to be a situational awareness thing. And we did not see outstanding situational awareness by Nebraska's coaching staff against Minnesota. We already talked about that. They're going to have to be much improved in that regard on the coaching staff standpoint, and they're going to have to burn clock. Because if you can score and keep them from scoring, which means you hold on to the ball and burn clock, I think Nebraska can do okay. My worry is that at some point, Nebraska is going to have to throw the ball. You kind of have to. I saw I saw something like they're hoping Nebraska's run to pass ratio is like seventy to one. I saw some I saw that in a tweet. I can't remember who put that out there, but I thought that was spot on. It's but at some point you do have to you do have to throw the ball. Here's the thing. Jeff Sims is now a known commodity in terms of what he does when he drops back to pass. When he's dropping back in a pocket passing situation. His eyes are going to take you right to where the ball's going every single time. And these opponents now, now know that. And just, I mean, look for Colorado to exploit that. They're going to, and they're going to have guys in position. They just are. That's not a bad team. They, I mean, kind of my worry about Colorado during the offseason was if you really paid attention to some of the guys they were bringing in. It was not bad players. They they were bringing in solid players. The other thing is, is you can kind of harp on Dion. You can be bothered by the showmanship, the bravado, the attitude. Go look at his. Go look at the coaching staff at Colorado right now. It, it's. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's like a bunch of Nick Sabins and Kirby Smarts on that coaching staff. But it's it's legit guys. I mean, his coaching staff at Colorado is all guys who have a long history of coaching in college football. It's it's a solid staff. Gary Harrell, Charles Kelly, Sean Lewis. Lewis has been around. Tim Brewster, former Brewster's Minnesota coach. He's been around forever. Yeah. I mean, he had the one video, that, that one viral video where he looked like an idiot. But he's a guy that's been around the block more than a few times. Well, you know what it sounds like? Coach Prime, Deion Sanders goes, okay, I'm going to hire smart people below me. 
Yeah, get a bunch of really well-seasoned, highly experienced college football guys as, as, as your assistant coaches. And the, I mean, I think any good coach, any good CEO is going to do that. Now, I think the win over TCU is going to fire up the Colorado crowd a lot more than than even Nebraska coming to town. But I still think this is a winnable game for Nebraska. I think I think Colorado's defense is so suspect. So suspect. I, I, th- I think the opportunities are going to be there. I hope they are. Um, Rob, if they lose 0-2, it's going to be a long season, man. It's going to be a long year. I, <sighs> Your under will hit. My over will not hit if they lose. On, on, I, I get it. My Here's the thing, though. You go back and you look at what Matt Rule did his first year at Baylor. It was it was a disaster. You called it. You've been his saying that since for the last his, four weeks. His first year at Temple. Now, again, his first year at Baylor, I, I thought there was good reasons for that. But his first year at Temple was was pretty bad, too. And I thought they actually had the makings of an okay team that year. It was just you had a new guy coming in with a new attitude, new culture, new system. And, and Temple tanked his first year at Temple also. Now, the next three years were outstanding. His second his second year at Baylor was solid. His third year was amazing. I, I mean, I'm not losing optimism over rule until I see what year three looks and, and that's like. fair. I, and I think but do people of, have the patience for that? They're going to have to. And it, because it, the problem for a lot of the fans with this is with that Minnesota game, we're sitting there mid late fourth quarter and we should have won the game against a team that everybody picked Nebraska to lose. That that's the problem now is we're sitting here going like, Oh shit. We actually have some guys on this roster who can play football. And that's where that's where losses like that Minnesota loss get frustrating. Yeah. That's where a potential loss against Colorado gets frustrating. It is is because is because of the fact you can look at it and go, we could have won that game. It'd be interesting. Uh that if three Nebraska, here, here's my thing. If Nebraska loses to Minnesota 27 to 10, we're sitting here going, yeah, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. That's fair. But let's not, I mean, there's a curse on this team. Since 2021, you're 2 and 14 in friggin' one score games. Little Red. We still got to get rid of Little Red. Amen, brother. Amen to that. I'm all for that. Hey, check out Connor Orr at Orr and Horgan. Connor is a uh, friend of the podcast, licensed sports agent in the state of Nebraska. He works directly with athletes and businesses to help them navigate the ever-changing landscape of name, image, and likeness. Connor also focuses on corporate and personal injury litigations in both Nebraska and Iowa, and he can work with you on your business planning, estate planning, and real estate transactions. Call Connor today at 402-408-6488. Check out Husker Hounds for the best uh, Husker volleyball apparel. In fact, they got the 90,003 t-shirts that they're selling right now at both locations or online at huskerhounds.com. And Scotty also tells me for the month of September, 25% off all Adidas jerseys. So two locations in the Omaha area. The Super. By, by the way, if you're not in Lincoln or, or if you're not in the area, if you're not in the Lincoln Omaha area, which I know all of stores are in Omaha, yeah. he will honor these deals online, yes. by the way. Yeah. Go, hop online, they ship. 
he will honor well, these deals online. At huskerhounds.com, you get free shipping on orders over $50 and a flat shipping rate of four ninety five. anything under 50 bucks. So, I mean, because sometimes you'll get shipping rates. You cheap go. shipping, yeah, That's what way. I think, too. I honestly think that. That's of, yeah, 4 to $5 shipping is crazy cheap. Speaking of volleyball, that was pretty cool. That was amazing. Because I, because I'm negative Nelly, right? <laughs> the only thing I would have changed, the only thing I would have changed is that if you want to grow the game nationally, growing the game in Nebraska is not a problem, right? 90,000 people show up. Volleyball is popular here. If that would have been against Wisconsin, Penn State, Stanford, Texas, would have been huge. Would have been huge. And it, and people, I, when you play a mediocre team, and I'm sorry, UNO, you're a mediocre team. Okay, in that, in, yeah, I, the, the thing is with that is it, it was intended I to get it. highlight the sport within the state of Nebraska, 100%. the Nebraska schools. Nebraska already plays Creighton. Those are top 10 national but, crowds already. There, the goal wasn't just to be a Nebraska, like a UNL volleyball thing. I get it. They wanted Carney there. They wanted I, Wayne there. They wanted UNO there. I get it. But what I'm saying is, the idea is, was to promote those other teams. Let me use last year's women's too. Final Four in basketball as an example. When Iowa beat South Carolina and LSU pulled off its upset, I, I think a lot of people went, "Oh, women's basketball is a real deal." Like they, I think you had people because those games were played you've, at such a high level. You've got compelling. You, you're, we're at the point we have compelling players. Yes, and they do need to exploit. Yeah. So my my point is, if you would have had a Stanford, a Texas, a Wisconsin, a Louisville in there, and, and you went they five, five they, games, it would have been, been ninety two thousand for that. And, well, I know that, but I'm talking. Some people want what I'm talking. Magic Johnson turns in and goes. Oh, that's really cool. They got yeah, 90,000. Magic Johnson's tweeting. About but what that. I'm saying is if your competition's at an even higher level, they go, oh, not only there's a lot of people there, but this is fun to watch. Yes. A three-game ass-kicking. I, you know yeah. what? I understand that. that. But that's my only negative. Yeah. If you're going to do it again, I, I appreciate the efforts to the other schools, so, but bring in a higher caliber yeah, so, competition. So a couple of things. One... Nebraska had to have made money on this. Oh, they sold beer there too. Did you see that? Yes. They had to have made money on I would this. agree with you. So here's my lot. Here's my thought process. I don't know if this is a deal. I haven't asked Trev about this. But like once a year, twice a year, you do a conference volleyball game in Memorial Stadium. Just like it's got to be early. Just like what you said, you go early in the year. Well, okay. So I'm going back. So I, I okay. This is getting to maybe a little more niche sport here. Wrestling. Well, I remember Iowa they did that did for a, Kin- they did it at Kinnick Stadium. They put like so they did wrestling at Kinnick. It was freaking amazing. Guess what? That's in the freaking winter. Yeah. And they did it. It worked. You know why? Because Tom uh, Brands is sh- batshit crazy, man. A little be- <laughs> bit. Um, in the state of Nebraska, high school wrestling, two years ago, they did North Platte versus Garing in downtown North Platte. Like they roped off an entire intersection in December. And did a high school duel between North Platte and Gary, and it was the, like the most amazing thing you've ever seen. Stuff like that's doable. 
okay, don't tell me those volleyball players aren't going to be willing to get out there in early October. Will a coach risk it's injury? Gonna be, it's going to be 70 will, degrees Will a coach out. risk injury? That's the, that's the thing you have to ask yourself. Because it's 70 degrees? Well, you get October, it could, be, it could be 50. It's a risk you take. I guarantee you they would love it. I, I don't disagree with you. Could, I mean, could you imagine Nebraska, Wisconsin, or Nebraska, Minnesota? Be awesome. Nebraska, Penn State? Yeah. In oh. Memorial Stadium? I, I think it'd be awesome. And I think a, anybody would want to be a part of that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Because I was doing a basketball one. They are, they've already sold 40,000 tickets for a, for a scrimmage against DePaul. Because it's not even regular okay, season. So it's not even... I thought it was... I no, thought it, was it, it, a, it is a scrimmage. Because they're not playing that early yet. So, so here's the thing. When you look at the state of women's sports, you've got a basketball scrimmage that's going to pull 40,000. Rob, here's the deal. They're there to see Caitlin Clark. After Caitlin Clark leaves, you don't have that kind of interest. You have the most dynamic player in the country. So much so that she was in every high B in the state of Nebraska. And <laughs> honest to God. And she, there was a butter Caitlin Clark. I know this for a fact. Which, okay. Nebraska I, people complained so bad that they forced high B to take her photo and her cutout out of every high B in Nebraska. Because she was in her Iowa uniform. That's awesome. It, it is, but it's also... I say it's awesome in the sense if I'm Caitlin Clark, I'm like, I irk you so much. You wanted my But she's so good for the game. Out of there. She's That's so awesome. good for the game. Yeah. Every girl playing high school basketball right now, youth basketball Caitlin is looking Clark's up the court. Caitlin great for the game. Yes. Angel Reese is great for yes. the game. These, it's... We need compelling players. Yes, you need and I personalities. Hope, and I hope it keeps coming. Yes. So, um, I'm. This is a total tangent. Butter Caitlin Clark. It didn't look like her. Well, not at all. And like Jason Warner pointed out, it looked like there was like a weird infant arm growing out of her head. <laughs> um, the, the butter cow. I don't think she has a ponytail. Okay, not the, the way they have it. The butter cow. Yeah. I thought we talked about this already. I thought it was solid butter. No, it's a mold. What the hell? I don't know. I don't know. I don't fucking chicken wire framed cow. It's like uh, a hodgepodge, right? Know what they call? (laughs) It's hodgepodge. 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 It's butter hodgepodge. There. It's literally a wire framed cow. I didn't. Honestly, God, I didn't know that until I saw it on Twitter. With I didn't quarter. So you thought it was solid. I did. Butter I thought too. it was solid butter because I was guess like, "How do they do this?" Guess who else thought it was solid butter? Who? Everyone. I know. We've been cheated. I thought that was a solid butter cow. It's a chicken wire sculpture of a cow. That's kind of cheating, right? Because you're just putting you're just putting butter on there and smoothing it, it over. It is literally it is a quarter inch of butter over the whole thing, and that is it. The butter cow is a farce. I, I I have to I can't disagree with you. And the fact that they keep trotting it out every year at the Iowa State Fair going forward, 
is I was gonna say pulling the wool over our eyes. It's pulling the cowhide over our eyes. I I, I Total don't bullshit. I, I was shocked when I saw it. I was actually disappointed. And I'm like, you are an Iowa guy, and you didn't realize the, the, it's not actually no. the butter cow no. is not. And my a butter my brother in law's like niece is the sculptor, and I don't even if I call her sculptor anymore. You just like throwing butter up there and like smoothing is it out. Is she even family? Uh, not direct to Are me. Are you claiming her no, anymore? No, that's 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 Tony's family. So it's not my family. Oh man, I just I mean, because if you looked at the so when you looked at that video on Twitter, if you looked at the wire frame, yeah, it is chicken wire. It is, but it's completely. It is the entire like every wrinkle and fold in the cowhide is within that frame. So really, you're it's sculpting chicken wire, right? And now yeah, what you're doing? It is a chicken wire sculpture. With a quarter inch of butter, like yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't even surprised if they had like, if they they were putting butter into like paint guns and just spraying a thin layer of butter. I mean, over because it. with and butter's expensive right now. If you go to the grocery store, you're like, damn, butter's expensive, and you're like, man, well, a block of this is going to be like really expensive. The butter cow has literally like no joke. It's like four sticks of butter on it. And, That's and, it. Well, and you know what? Given the fact that it's Iowa. They're it's probably margin. Yeah, I, thought I was just going to say it's parquet. It's easier to spread. <laughs> it's parquet is easier to spread. By the, can you still go to the grocery store and get parquet? Yeah, I did not know Margarine's that. Margarine's still a thing. Yeah, but it's not as healthy for you as butter is. Butter is much healthier for you than parquet. Okay, as a physician, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Thank you. You do not want to use the the margarine. Yes. don't do it. Yeah. It's not good for you. Now, I'm still pissed off at what Sokoloff for getting rid of the old uh, oil on the McDonald's fries. Remember that? Because it, it was supposed yeah. to be like no trans fat. Yeah, it used to be beef towel. Yeah, they, you know what? Because that's good. greatest fries I want to take you to Italy because I'm going to take you to Dario Cicchini's place where you first walk in and the first appetizer have is lardo. Just straight lardo. Here, have a slice of lardo. It's awesome. Do you know who else used to do that? Who? Russians. Yeah. You know what? They you, had it you right. Would, you would eat sticks of lard with vodka. You, you know what tastes good? Lard. lard. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what makes a great pie crust? Lard. Lard. See? They, they told you it's just bad for you. Just eat butter and eat lard. You'll feel a lot better. Uh, Central Federal Credit Union has been calling Omaha home for over 85 years, serving over 126,000 members in Omaha Council Bluffs, Grand Island, and the North Platte areas. Centrus believes in improving the quality of life in the communities where they serve, from checking and savings accounts to certificates, home, auto, personal, and home equity loans, to having a strong focus on community support and financial education. Central Fe Centrus Federal Credit Union is your full-service credit union. They are members helping members. Centrus Federal Credit Union is a proud sponsor of the Doc's Diagnosis, which is back this week. We're going to talk about the turnovers, and we're going to talk about Turner Corcoran. Little we don't path. mean it to be personal. It's not personal. Uh, it's business. Right? It's O-line play. So make sure to go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, and the Doc's Diagnosis will be up there, I believe, on Monday and Tuesday by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Do you want to do Tuesday and Wednesday since Monday's Memorial Oh, I, you know, Labor we could do that. Gives, it gives, gives me one more day to edit or Owen one more day to edit. I know a few people who are like, yeah, we kind of like the doc's diagnosis, like first day of work. I, okay. got, I got a little okay. something to look at to break the monotony. Centris is federally insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. And don't forget, Rob skipped it last week, but Behind the Point Spread is back, brought to you by Betfred Sports. I uh, do have a day job. I, I mean. know that. So do I. 
Yeah. You're, you're acting like, are you saying your job is more important than mine? Just because you have a God complex and put people asleep during surgery. Damn. Are you saying your job is more hey, important than mine? You can open up the micro now when I can hear you're laughing there around the corner. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Anytime I get picked on, my son likes it. I don't know why that is. Because he's normal. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, but Scott Spritzer, we went about 51 minutes the other night. Uh, we did five games. Uh, Rob was busy. I, I was randomly running into people at the Augustana tailgate. Yeah. He was like, oh, we missed you on Spritzer's, <laughs> on Spritzer with, with, behind, with behind the point spread. I'm like... Shit, there's a lot of people who really like behind well, the point you know why? Spread. Because we cater to the gambling degenerates, right? And and, and I'm okay. Oh, okay, I would argue against that because I, I, I think gambling the, degenerates watch that show. Well, I think people who are very interested in gambling watch it. The thing is, if you watch behind the point spread, you learn more about the statistical analysis of football from Scott. More so than you were going to get from any other okay. source. Okay, are you ready for this? I'm going to yes. drive because you apparently didn't go back and watch the replay, and that's fine. You were busy I this did. week. I had stuff going on. Who do you think? And Scott dropped this nugget on us, and I'll let Owen answer the question. Owen, so pot your mic up. Who do you think has more money going on them for the national championship than like anybody but like two other teams in the country? Right? Four, I think, or four than yeah. four other teams. So, so they, I think they're fifth, fifth. Uh, most money. For the national championship, Florida State, Colorado. <laughs> okay, like I'm speechless. And they're beating Ohio State, I believe. More money on Colorado to win the national title than Ohio State. They have their over I mean, under for wins is three and a half. Game, people, no, this, this is before this the is season. Before the game. Oh, really? It this was, is yeah. Before this was on Wednesday. Yeah. People. Plus fans are optimistic, I guess. No, it's one of those. You're sitting there, what, uh, 5,000 to 1, 50,000 to 1 to win? Gotcha. And, and, but a boatload of money. It's, it's the long shot that people are like, yes. yeah, I'll put five bucks on that. Yeah. But then they go out and beat TCU. But everybody's putting five bucks on them. Yeah. But it's more than five bucks because when you have more no, money no. than Ohio State, that's a boatload of money. Uh, but Scott was great. Uh, Scott Spritzer, originally from Omaha, uh, moved to Vegas right out of high school. He's been a handicapper ever since. And if you haven't watched it, and the cool thing is, his his people, his people, are now putting it on DocSports.com. So this is going to be like on one of the top Vegas websites out there. Nice. They're expanding the brand. Expanding the brand and growing the brand. Growing, growing the brand. The brand. Like we're all about growing the brand. We're, 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 we're like we're like marketers here, right? And and that's what we like. You know who else likes it? Uh, Husker Max, because they're part. We like their brand and they like our brand. We do want to thank nice David Max, for us. Joe Hudson for uh, distributing this podcast. Head to HuskerMax.com for the latest news and opinion from a variety of voices. If you haven't followed Dr. Rob on Twitter, please do so at on Twitter or now X at DocTalkSports. You can follow me at Travis it's, Creates. It's Twitter. It is Twitter. Uh, like our Facebook and please, 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 please subscribe to our YouTube page. There's a lot of good stuff up there. So check it out. Oh, and, oh by the way, we have TikTok now. TikTok. 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 Are we going to be talking about a Nebraska win or a Nebraska loss against Colorado, Rob? Yeah, you know what? I, I picked him to win this one. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it, too. I think I, I, I was not impressed with the special teams of Colorado. The defense was horrible. I, I think 
Nebraska is able to run the football. I think they run more than they pass. If they can clean up the turnovers a little bit, that's the difference maker. I'm with you on that one. We'll see. The game is Saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning on Fox. For Dr. Rob Zaniska, I'm Travis Justice. This is the Doc Talk Podcast presented by Betfred Sports. Sports.